Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Good is the enemy of the great. With these words, Jim Collins opens his book, Good to Great, explaining that when we enjoy good schools, good neighborhoods, good jobs, good government, we can be lulled into a state of good enough. Few people attain great lives, he says, because it is so easy to settle for a good life. The Olympic athletes have inspired me to think about what drives the leap over that astonishing divide from good to great. There is a term for it in every language spoken by Olympians and of those of us who love to watch, personal best. Personal best is the highest score or fastest time an athlete has ever achieved. But watching these mortals consorting with the perfection of the gods, we know that personal best is the sweet fruit of something far deeper and wider and higher than a mere number. It is the harvest of a spiritual practice, of self measured against self, of being inspired and uplifted by the greatness of those around us, and of joy. Although the discipline of personal best comes from the wide world of sports, the spiritual practice of personal best applies equally to life off the playing field. I invite you to join me this morning in a reflection on the spiritual practice of personal best. Canadian James W. Steen is a professional athlete and coach, horrified by his experience of the damaging obsession of parents to have their children win at all cost. He wrote to the Canadian Minister for Amateur Sports, making the case for the need to restore the only values he feels can justify public funding for athletics. We see eight to 10-year-old children being screamed at while struggling against hills designed to break the backs of Olympians, he writes. Go, Joey, push, Joey, win, Joey. You have to want it, Joey. James Steens continues, The little Joeys don't want it, but scramble on valiantly without any technique or skill to offset the ebbing strength of their immature bodies. The only driving force seems the shame of failure. We have seen the highest levels of efficientdom witness such nonsense, or more to the point, abuse, without taking the slightest notice. The mania to win can only translate into losing on all fronts. Contrast this with the spiritual practice of personal best. James Steen concludes, 
More than anything, sports are a way for youngsters to learn that their competitor on the field of honor is not their adversary, but their partner. And to learn that the object is not to beat her or him, but to bring out the best in both and grow together with generosity, honesty, loyalty, and respect. Basically, uh, Isaac Levine, a high school senior at Concord Academy, runs for Concord Academy, publicly thanked his coach by saying, many coaches want their runners to be faster. You want your runners to love running. The best athletes love to play, and they love to play best with people who are as good or better than they are. Win or lose, their game improves. Their opponents are their allies. And the spiritual practice of personal best calls us to align ourselves, body, mind, spirit, all one, and so transform the field of win or lose into a field of honor. It is driven by passion for excellence among the excellent, but it must also be fueled by love of the sport, love of our divine calling. The late, great John Wooden was a high school English teacher who also coached college basketball. In 1948, he went to work with the lackluster UCLA basketball team. By 1964, he led the UCLA Bruins to an NCAA championship. He repeated the next year, and then from 1967 through 1973, they won the national title every year. In 1975, he did it one more time and retired with 10 championships to his name. John Wooden said, somebody asked me, you know, how come it took you so long to win a national championship? And I said I was still a learner, but you notice when I do something, I pretty well get it down. He continues, now dad had tried to teach my brothers, never try to be better than somebody else. Just try to be the best you can be. Never cease trying to be the best you can be. That's in your power. Being better than somebody else isn't in your power. Legendary UCLA football coach Red Sanders famously said, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. By contrast, John Wooden, ranked in Sporting News survey of writers, coaches, and athletes as the all-time greatest coach, the most successful college coach of any sport ever, never talked about winning. Seth Davis, author of Wooden, A Coach's Life, explains, now let's be clear, John Wooden loved to win, but he never mentioned the word to his players. His whole attitude was, if you maximize your potential, then you have succeeded. That was his whole definition of success, where you get peace of mind because you know in your heart, your mind, your soul that you've reached 
your full potential. But by the time he got to the end of his career, his players were so good that he believed that if they reached their potential, they would win. That if he could keep their mind off of winning, if he could get them to focus on the process of getting to a game, the hour to hour, day by day practice, and little itty bitty improvements that you make day to day, that that is actually the way to win. John Whitten didn't care about who was playing for the opposing team. He focused on his players. While other coaches were scouting opposing teams, John Wooden was teaching his players, I kid you not, how to put on their sneakers. Seth Davis says the shoes and socks thing is a huge part of his legend. He didn't want his players getting blisters because that makes you less effective as a ball player. He wanted them focusing on what they were doing. Let's worry about us, and the results will take care of themselves. He kept it all simple. By busying them in the finest details of being basketball players, it would help in a lot of ways to free their minds from whether or not they were going to win, which would make it more likely for them to win. The spiritual practice of personal best, self measured against self, being inspired and uplifted by the greatness of those around us, joy. In traditional Buddhist texts, there are four states of mind that are cultivated for pure joy. They're called the heavenly abodes. Loving kindness, compassion, equanimity, sort of serenity or calm, and something that translates as sympathetic joy, which is feeling joyful over another person's joy. Years ago, teacher and author Sylvia Borstein was searching for a story to illustrate sympathetic joy. Watching Monday Night Football during the halftime of a 49ers versus Saints game, Al Michaels interviewed Jerry Rice, San Francisco's wide receiver, and they talked about his various league records, and then Al Michaels asked him which other records he'd like to have before he retired. Jerry Rice said, I'd like them all. And then Al Michaels asked, of all the great moments of your career, what stands out for you as the greatest? And without missing a beat, Jerry Rice responded, it was when we won Super Bowl 23. It was my first Super Bowl, and in the last two minutes of the game, Joe Montana threw a pass to John Taylor, who was in the end zone. John Taylor caught that pass, but I felt as if I had. That's sympathetic joy. Sylvia Borstein comments, when Joe Montana threw that touchdown pass, John Taylor was in the right place. Jerry Rice's mind was also in the right place. The heavenly abode of sympathetic joy and a personal best.
beloved spiritual companions this afternoon at the very end of the closing ceremony the Olympic torch will be extinguished and tonight we will return to our earlier bedtimes but let us go forth into our lives with a spiritual practice of our own personal best may we reconsider good enough and lean into lives we make great. As we measure ourselves only against ourselves, may greatness uplift and inspire us as we, in turn, uplift and inspire. May we choose to live on a field of honor, to grow and deepen together in generosity, honesty, loyalty, and respect, and to be our best, fueled by the love of our divine calling. It's in the details, socks and shoes, and it's in the biggest picture, joy. Let us go forth in joy. Amen.